In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. Palm Sunday's readings are laid out a bit differently than other Masses. We start with a reading of the Gospel, then a first reading and a second reading, which, truth be told, are actually the second and third readings, and then a lengthy Passion account concludes the Liturgy of the Word. For the sake of this setup, we'll start with one of the two Gospel options you may hear and then dive into the Old Testament and New Testament readings. Or, in other words, since the Passion account is so long, I won't offer any background there. Since we're still in year B, which focuses on Mark's gospel, we'll look at his account of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem. And the ten verses you'll hear at the beginning of Mass this Sunday are filled with Old Testament allusions. It opens with Jesus and his disciples upon the Mount of Olives. Now, Zechariah once prophesied the following, On that day, God's feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. That's Zechariah 14, verse 4. But it's not the only prophecy of Zechariah coming true in this passage. Zechariah also gave the description of a divine warrior in the ninth chapter of his book. Behold, your king is coming to you. A just savior is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. But check this out. Matthew and Mark interpret this prophecy of Zechariah differently. Mark takes Zechariah's riding a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey, and envisions one animal with the colt and foal of a donkey further describing the donkey. But Matthew actually interprets Zechariah's words to mean that the king will arrive on two animals, both a donkey as well as a colt, the foal of a donkey. It'd be sort of like if I told you, hey, pick up that book, the red book there. Do I mean pick up that book and the red book, which is different from that book? Or do I just mean pick up that book, which is also the red book? Compare Mark and Matthew's accounts of Palm Sunday, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Matthew has Jesus arriving on a donkey with a colt tethered to her, while Mark has Jesus only arriving on the donkey. And although we won't have the time to dive into the reading any further, there are still more Old Testament allusions here. The fact that the crowd spreads their cloaks upon the street recalls a scene in 2 Kings. Jesus' triumphal entrance into Jerusalem is similar to when Simon and his followers entered the city after a successful revolt in 1 Maccabees. And finally, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord is a direct quote from Psalm 118. When it comes to our first reading, which is really the second reading from the prophet Isaiah, we're at a loss for clear-cut background. We have the third of four servant songs from the book, but we really aren't able to identify who the speaker is intended to be, why the speaker is being afflicted, and who is doing the afflicting. Perhaps Isaiah leaves all of this intentionally ambiguous. One helpful piece of background, however, is that in the ancient Near East, honor was something highly prized. And to be publicly humiliated, such as what the author is describing in our first reading as he is spit upon, beaten, and has his beard pulled, is something especially dishonorable. If one didn't respond to such dishonorable treatment, it was because deep down, he was admitting that he had done something to deserve the abuse. The speaker acknowledges this is not the case, but he looks to the Lord God as his help and says, therefore, I am not disgraced. Lastly, let me tell you about Philippi. It's the intended audience of our second reading, Paul's letter to the Philippians. It's located in what we know as Greece today, and it was taken over by Philip the Great, who you'll remember as Alexander the Great's father. 
He named the city after himself, thus Philippi. Emperor Augustus took it over in the Roman Empire and made it a colony. But most importantly, a vast number of Roman soldiers lived there after their retirement. It was sort of like the villages for Roman soldiers. But to take the analogy further, imagine the villages where all of these old army veterans love to boast of their own accomplishments and accolades. They love to tell us about how great they were. That was Philippi. And into that environment, Paul writes this letter, encouraging them to seek humility. Listen to these verses preceding our excerpt at Mass. Paul says, Do nothing out of selfishness or out of vain glory. Rather, humbly regard others as more important than yourself. And then he says, Have among yourselves the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus. The passage itself is a hymn presenting a contrast. God, the highest form of being, took the very lowest form of being, a slave. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness. This slave humbled himself even to death on a cross, a very humiliating and slave-like death. Paul is putting this all forward as an example to those veterans in Philippi. Live like Jesus in the way of humility rather than self-exaltation. Because as Jesus himself says, and the second half of the passage indicates, those who humble themselves are precisely the ones who will be exalted. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Sunday, Palm Sunday, with the first of two gospel options. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.